Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Daniel. My wife, Megan, and I are the location pastors here at Destiny Church, Nuremberg Region. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media, or visit our website at destinychurch.de. Let's get into the Word. We've been in a series, Jesus, Life, and the Other God. The Other God. And we've been talking about our finances because often we can position our finances as God. And this is what we've been trying to change our mentality about how we see finances, how we see money, how we see different things in this perspective. First week we talked about God owns it all. I'm just a manager. In fact, everything that comes into my bank, every resource, he owns it all. He just gives me the opportunity to be able to steward it. He gives me the opportunity to steward it. We're managers. God owns everything. Everything is his. And we have to start looking at our finances on this principle. It's all his. And then last week with Pastor Liam, we were so blessed to have Pastor Liam here. He talked about tithing and how money and finances is not just a budgetary issue. It is a spiritual issue. And the tithe being the 10% that God asks us to bring into the storehouse is actually an act of obedience to the word of God. It's simply an act of obedience to say God owns it all. But I'm asking you in obedience to give back to um, the storehouse 10% of what you bring in and there's a spiritual principle there and then there's another uh, principle that we talked about in the very first week that I'm going to dive into this week first of all last week it's a spiritual issue but what I want to talk to you today about is it's a issue of the heart say it with me it's an issue of the heart money is an issue of the heart. This is again, it's not a, our finances are not just a budgetary act. It's not a, um, it's not a spreadsheet exercise. In fact, it is a spiritual principle. I, I think you should approach your finances the same way you pr- pr- uh, pr- approach your physical uh, devotion time. Maybe some of you have devotion times where you sit in the morning, you open up the Bible and you pray, God speak to me from your word. We should approach our budget In the same way, prayerfully, because it is a spiritual issue, and it is an issue of the heart, not just a physical issue. I want to read to you today Matthew chapter 6, and this is out of the message version. Uh, I love the way that uh, Matthew chapter 6 puts this. And at the very end of this, you'll read in the message version, really our um, our anchoring verse for this series talking about you can't worship both God and mammon, or you can't worship both God and money. You can't worship both God and finances. And this is why we're calling the series Jesus, Life, and the Other God with a little g. Matthew chapter 6. Are you ready? Man, you got to come to church on Sundays ready for the word. Are you ready? Because listen, this part is the most important part right here. Not what I say, but what the word of God says. This is the most important. Matthew chapter 6, even if it is the message version. Amen? Matthew chapter 6. I know I I got some 
King James people watching on live stream right now. King James. Okay. I've got some of that. I promise. I've got it for you. I got the meat. I got the King James coming. But I want to read this for the perspective that Matthew chapter 6 gives us. Verse 19. It says, do not hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moss and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile. Somebody say stockpile. I should have called the message stockpile. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. I don't know if anybody has timeshares in resorts and things like that, but you know if you're investing in a timeshare, you better show up to the timeshare or you're wasting your money at Disney World, Disneyland, the Bahamas, Costa Rica. I don't know you want to be. Verse 22, your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a musty cellar. How many of you hate that word must like I do? Just one of those words in the English language that should be rewritten. A musty cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. I remember this principle that I learned about when I moved to Germany and got our own apartment, that if I didn't luft, I didn't let the air into the room, and especially my, my wife and I's bedroom, for some reason this was the room, and we, if we didn't luft every day, we had mold in the corner. We, we, I, I, I look behind, I'm just giving you a picture, into our wardrobe. I pulled the wardrobe off, and there was mold running up the wall. And it wasn't because I left dirty socks and food in there. It's because I just didn't let, let it air out. It's because I, got, I kept it locked in. I kept the air in and the air out. And a generous life is one who says, I'm going to open up the windows. I'm not going to be a musty cellar. We have to say it again for those of you who love the word. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark light you will have. You can't worship two gods at once. Loving one God, will, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. There's our verse. You can't worship God and money both. Let's pray, and then I want to bring some highlighted things out of this. Father, today, we thank you that you would highlight in our own finances as we close a finance series, that you would really shift our perspective, shift our heart, shift our mentality today and this past series, that we would be good stewards of what you have given us, what you have entrusted us, so that you can entrust us with more, so that you can entrust us with um, greater responsibility. God, help us, empower us to be good stewards of what we have, whether it be our resources, whether it be our finances, whether it be our um, whatever it is you have placed in our hands. We pray today that you would speak through your word, 
that it would be so clear. And that God, in a finance series, we could see miracles. In a finance series, this isn't a, sit, this isn't a seminar. This is a, this is a biblical view of our finances. And I pray that there would be breakthrough in Jesus' name. In people's resources, in people's lives, with people's health. God, right now, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, we have to recognize that giving is a mentality. Last week, we talked about tithing. Tithing, the word tithing means 10%. If you didn't get a chance to go uh, hear that sermon, go back to YouTube. It's on there because this really builds upon that. But there's this other principle called giving. And this is why, if you've been around Destiny for a little while and you've engaged with tithes and offerings, we actually separate. We have two bank accounts, one for tithes, one for offering, because it's two different biblical principles. Tithing is of spiritual obedience. It is what God commands us to do. But giving is an issue of the heart. Giving is a place of generosity. I think Liam said it last week. He said, listen, I'm not being generous when I give my tithe. But when I go above and beyond my tithe, that is called offering, and that is when I'm being generous. I remember I first learned this principle. Megan and I were in pre-marriage counseling before we got married because we were all messed up, you know. And they're like, we got to fix these two before we put them together, you know. It's one of those things. And we were in premarital counseling, and the pastor who was doing premarital counseling said, hey, you guys are going to have to talk about finances in marriage. Anybody married know that finances is a big deal. Are we going to buy the second car? Um, are we going to get the room with the, ex- or the house with the extra room? Are we going to go out to eat pizza or steak? You know, like finances are a big deal in marriage. We have to realize that, um, that God is using finances to shape our heart. And I remember, I remember when we were going through this premarriage counseling, he said, listen, um, hey, do you tithe? I'm like, yeah, we, we tithe, but do you, do you give offering? I'm like, what is this about? This was the first time I ever learned of this principle. And so from that point on, Megan and I, in our marriage, have given our tithe, we've given our 10% to the storehouse, and then we've given an offering. We've given that into the house of God, and then sometimes I've taken some offering, I've given it to missionaries. Can I tell you something really quick? Just the power of what this means is when we began to do this, and we began to implement this in our marriage, we decided to move to Germany, and, they, and we had certain people say, I don't know if this is, this is going to be tough. There's not a, it's, it's hard to live financially in Europe. It's expensive, blah, 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 you know, and I don't know how you're going to do this. You're going to have to just be on the phone all the time, raising money, this and that. Can I tell you i believe out of a spiritual principle that megan and i began to follow we never had to ask one person for money when we moved to germany this is god coming through we had people giving finances without us ever having to ask and god provided a way for us to make it here into our purpose and into our calling what god is at but i believe it came out of a, a spiritual principle first of being obedient in our tithe and being generous in our offering. When we did things in the, like building campaigns, we, said, we would come together, God, what do you want us to do as a couple for this? What do you want us to do? What kind of generosity do you want us to have today? Just speak to us how much you want us to give. Listen, giving is a mentality. Let me give you four different mentalities you can have. Number one, you can have a, you can have a poverty mentality. You can have a poverty mentality. And the poverty mentality says it's wrong to have anything. 
If I have too much stuff, then, I, then, then, then I'm not spiritual enough. And then we pass judgment on other people who have nice things and say, oh, they're not spiritual. They're not godly. This is a poverty mentality. Or you can have a, a, a greed mentality that says everything I have, acquire, or gain, I consume on me. This is, the, uh, this is the scene from Finding Nemo, come on, preach, where the seagulls come down and say, mine, mine, mine. This is a, a greed mentality that says, it's all mine, but we learned in week one that everything is God's. Everything is his. Proverbs 11 says, who withholds what is justly due, and yet it results only in one. When you hold, withhold we learned that you become a, a, a musty seller. Nobody wants to walk around being musty. When you withhold what is justly due, it results only in want. Greedy people will always be greedy. You'll never have enough. Another mentality is just enough mentality. As long as I have enough for me and my family and we get by. Oh, I fall into this mentality all the time. I just need enough, you know? Like my prayers, watch this. Our prayers to God can be, God, just give us enough to get by and um, to get the groceries we need and to do this. Just give us enough to get by. But God doesn't want us to have just enough mentality because God is the one who owns it all. So we have to move into what's called a blessing mentality that says, I am blessed to be a blessing. What I have is my blessing only so that I can be a blessing to others. I am blessed to be a blessing. Ephesians 4 says, He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share. You see the purpose of it. So he will have something to share with one who has need. If you begin to look at your, your streams of income, your streams of finances as a way to say, hey, this is coming to me so it can get through me. It's a stream of blessing. Luke 6 says, give and it will be given to you. This is one of these um, <laughs> in the church world. Marcus, you know what I'm talking about, right? Where, they, where, the, where the pastor will come up, do the offering talk. He comes up, does the offering talk, says, hey, we're going to take our tithes and offerings today. Luke chapter 6, verse 38, says, give, and it will be given to you, amen. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, for by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. They always forget that part, right? All pressed down, shaken together, and runneth over. And then everybody cheers, amen. And then they pass the bucket, you know? Come on, somebody know what I'm talking about? Ooh. But it says this, by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. This is, not a, this is not a God game of God saying there, what are you going to give? What are you going to give? And as soon as you're like, you're kind of like this and you're looking for, 
<laughs> I'm a blessed and highly favored. No, 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 no. God is saying, listen, I'm trying to do something for you. I'm trying to do something in you. The measure that you give, it will be measured back to you. In fact, what I'm trying to do is make you not a bank, but I'm trying to make you a pathway. You're the middleman, and the more that you give, the, the gener more generous you are. You just watch what I can do with your generosity. I'm trying to get it to you so I can get it through you. We got to have a blessing mentality. We have to change our mentality of money. I want to give you three things of, of a blessing mentality. Three things and mentalities that we can have to look at our money. Three ways and perspectives to see our finances. First of all, you need to understand this. Number one, giving keeps your heart right. Giving keeps your heart right. In Matthew chapter 6 that we read in the message version, it says this in the NIV. In, this, in a similar way, it says it in the message version. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where, where your treasure is, your heart is there. Your attention is there. Your focus is there. So, what you have is the nice leather wallet. And you have to realize that your, your pocket is more connected to your heart than you think. I'm about to preach. Are you ready? I'm supposed to teach. I'm going to teach. I'm going to teach. I'm not going to get loud. I promise. I can't promise that. I'm a pastor. There, there's a, listen to me, there's a, I could have titled the message this too. There's a purpose to your pocket. Because, because this isn't just about bank transactions. This is what money looks like these days. Somebody on the internet, I'm not showing you my IBAN on the other side. Can they get me from here? <laughs> Put one of them blockers up, I don't know. Let blur the screen, I'm just kidding. Where, you're, where you've invested your money, where you've put your finances, is more connected to your heart than you actually realize. That's a Rave card, by the way. You get the point. And what begins to happen is, is we invest our money, and we put our money in great things. And that's okay. What, hear, hear what we're, don't hear what we're not saying. We're not saying don't go buy stuff. What we're not saying is don't go get groceries, you know? That's not what we're saying. But what we're saying is, is you have to, if you want to shift your heart, you have to understand and have the mentality that giving actually can change my heart. Giving has something to do with my heart. Because you see, if I've put all my finances in everything else but the kingdom of God, then when I try to focus on Jesus, I always have a worry. I always have a thought. I always have something else going in my mind. Giving keeps your heart right. That's why in Acts it says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. There is a purpose in your pocket. 
You, listen, you have the ability. Listen, when somebody, when somebody has made you mad, when, somebody has, when, when it's hard to forgive somebody, try one of the hardest things to do is give them something. Give them something. Because it will shift your heart towards them. Don't just talk about it. Put, put action to it. Your, your treasure is there, so your heart will be there. One pastor, I saw one pastor, he was, you don't want to see my unicorn uh, strings to my heart. One pastor said, man, I was, I was dealing so much with other pastors and people coming to plant churches in, my, in the city that I pastor. And I was, I was struggling with envy and I was struggling with this. So he said, you know what we did to fix that problem? Every time somebody came and planted a new church in the city, they would give a, a large donation to, the, to that church. Because he says, listen, I, I might have had envy. I might have been like, what am I? This is not the kingdom of God the way I'm thinking. Oh, what are they doing? Oh, some of my congregation has gone to that church. Some of, but he said, man, we're going to sow into that church. We're going to sow into them because it's going to shift my heart and my perspective. Giving keeps your heart right. And giving, number two, is worship. Giving is worship. Not just, not just lifting your hands on a Sunday, not just, not just your prayer and devotion time, but generosity and giving is an act of worship. In the story in Mark chapter 14, watch this, let me just read it to you. It's a story in Mark chapter 14 of the woman who anoints Jesus' head. While he was in Bethany, Jesus, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages. Now I want you just to picture what you make in a year. And the money given to the poor. Come on, that's admirable, right? And they rebuked her harshly. And then Jesus' response. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing. Can I tell you that she used her finances, a year's wages worth of perfume, to pour out on Jesus in a, in a posture of... She could have used it for great and admirable things. But Jesus is saying, leave her alone. And you have to understand that your wages will never be wasted on worship. When you come before God and say, I'm pouring it out on you. It is a worship. It is a sacrifice to say, I'm pouring out my finance and my resource to you. Don't, you won't waste your wages on worship. It communicates, it communicates your thankfulness. It communicates your love. I'll explain it this way so maybe you'll, you'll catch it. If I go and tell my wife, hey wife, she's watching by the way. Hey kids, <laughs> you better be paying attention. Especially the one-year-old, you know. If I go tell my wife, 
every day and say, baby, I love you so much. You don't even know. That sounds great, right? Right? Tell your spouse you love them. I love you. I love you. Words of affirmation. I love you. You're beautiful. But if I'm going and buying dinner every week for another woman, how many of you know my words won't mean very much? Because my wages are worship. Because I, you know what I've done? I've invested in the other person. I might say, I love you. I love you. But I'm spending my treasure on somebody else. Can I just talk to, can I just preach to myself for a second? Because I just wonder if maybe, if maybe I've, I, I've, I've come to God before and said, God, I love you. I love you so much, but my actions haven't proved my love. Because so much, so much of the time it's easier to say it but not respond to it. I don't think Megan would be very happy if I was buying dinner for another woman and coming home and saying, baby, but I love you. I love you. She'd say, you don't love me. It communicates love and thankfulness. It, it, it's an act of worship that I say I'm laying down my life for you. Worship team, you can come. I'm landing on the last point. Giving, another mentality you have. Giving is a supernatural investment. I don't know if any of you have, are investors in here. You've invested in things and Maybe you've invested in a property. Maybe you've invested in a stock. Maybe you've invested in crypto and Bitcoin. And, you know, maybe you uh, long ago invested in um, baseball cards, you know, and you're about to sell those. And we, I remember we invested when I was a kid on, um, what do they call it? My mom's house in the, in the attic. I'm waiting for the, uh, the price to go up, you know, sell them, right? Um, if you're watching, Mom, I'm not going to sell the Beanie Baby. Sorry, okay? Um, Craig Rochelle, actually a pastor of a megachurch, he was doing this leadership talk, and he said, hey, listen, um, lead, the, he was talking about the different mentality that leaders have. He was saying, most people think of spending. Where am I going to run my spend? He said, you know what But leaders do? Leaders don't think about where they're going to spend. They think about where they're going to invest. Where am I going to invest my finance? Where am I going to invest my time? Can I tell you that giving is a supernatural investment? Number one, when you invest with giving, you're resourcing the vision of the kingdom of God. You're resourcing the, the vision that the local church that you're in has. Can I just tell you as a pastor very unashamedly that what we do is, is we take tithes and offerings, or especially the offerings. The offerings are what we use to invest in the vision, to get new venues, to hire new halls, to take new ground, to use to update and equip. And to, it's what we use for online church when somebody said, hey, man, I'm coming with my offering. I'm coming with my giving, my, my generosity. You're investing in the vision of the local church and the kingdom of God. So it is an investment that you will see a harvest you will see a harvest when you invest stewards. And we're going to have a financial update probably at the end of March. I don't have a date for you yet. But some of you may want to log into this on Zoom to actually see where we've invested as a church. And to see what we do with that. That might be some, down some of your alleys and you want to see that. We're going to do that on Zoom 
probably towards the end of March. Um, so that might be of interest. And what we want to do is be good stewards of what God has. And we want to see life change. And we want to see people know Jesus. And we want to see more people be baptized. And we want to see the kingdom take physical ground in different cities. God, we have a vision to see people know Jesus. And it resources the vision when we come and say, here's our offering to see what God can do with it. It is an investment. When you invest finances, you're trusting the person you invest it to, right? If you have a stockbroker, I'm investing here. You invest in a company, I'm trusting that this is going to increase and take ground. First Chronicles 29, How, now with all my ability, I have provided for the house of my God. We're resourcing the vision. Some, listen, some people have a gift of giving. They just, it's just natural. They're just ecstatic about giving. Some people have a gift. It is according to the grace given to us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the portion of his faith. If service, in his serving. Or he who teaches, in his teaching. Or he who exhorts, in his exhortation. He who gives with liberty. I didn't know that was a gift. I don't like greeting people on Sunday. I don't have that hospitality. Get out of my house. But I, but I, but I, but I, have, a, I have a heart and a passion to give because I see the value in it. He who leads with diligence, he who sows mercy with cheerfulness. You resource the vision. But also, number two, you need to think like a farmer. You reap what you sow, the Bible says. Galatians chapter 6, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, then he will reap. A farmer understands this kind of investment. Because a farmer doesn't sit around eating their seed. Because he knows if I eat eat my seed, I've wasted it. But if I put it in the ground, I've invested it. I don't spend all my seed on me. I invest it because I know the fruit in it is going to increase more than I can ever imagine. And guess what's in that fruit? More seed. I'm going to invest it. He buries it so it will be a blessing. I bury it. Some of you may have felt like this. My offering, my offering doesn't feel really productive. I don't really know. Neither does a seed that's put in the ground doesn't seem very productive until you see the harvest later you got to think like a farmer you got to be able to be listen let me just challenge you in this maybe God's challenging you maybe you already give tithes and offerings but maybe God's challenging you in this in this area if you do and if you're thinking man I'm going to engage with this let's see how it goes then what I want to challenge you to do is watch for the fruit watch for the fruit If you don't watch for the fruit, you may not recognize when the fruit comes. You may not recognize when God blesses you and you go like, oh yeah, that's linked to when I gave a seed over here. That's linked when I gave generously over there. This is the seed that has been planted and now I'm reaping the harvest. You see, a farmer plants the seed, but you better believe he's out in the field watching for the fruit. You want to know why? Because he's expecting it. Because he's expecting it. You're always going to invest in what you believe in. You'll invest in what you believe in. Listen, church, we need to change our mentality about generosity. It's not just to be a good person here on earth, but there's a spiritual principle 
seed time and harvest of fruitfulness. Look up J.C. Penney's story who said, I'm going to tithe, then I'm going to give, and then I'm going to give. I think giving away 90, by the time J.C. Penney died, giving away 90-something or 90% of all of their income away to tithes and offerings. J.C. Penney, 90%, 10% was to pay people and run the company. Why? Because God blessed them as he, he entered into the principle of seed time and harvest. We have to change our mentality. I want to, let me tell you this story, and then, I want to, then we're going to close and sing this last song, Worthy of It All, because really this is what it's about. Giving is worship. What we're saying is when I invest my finances, when I reassess and I invest my finances, I'm saying, God, I worship you. You are worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. I'm grateful, God, that you don't even ask for all of it. You just ask for my heart, and my money's attached to my heart. I heard a story of a pastor. They were doing a feeding program in one, air, one neighborhood of the city, and all these kids would come to the feeding program. They'd come to the, the feeding outreach. And down, they were starving, these kids. Didn't have proper meals at home. Literally would go days without eating anything. Just eat, eat. They noticed one kid was sitting at the table, and they noticed this kid was eating a napkin. His pizza right in front of eat this pizza. What's going on? And the kids said, what they found out was is this kid had such a poverty mentality that he said, I'm going to save this pizza for later because it's so valuable. I'm not going to eat it now. I'm not going to do something with it now. I'm just going to, and I'm going to eat a napkin now instead. But what the kid didn't realize was that in the back room were stacks on stacks on stacks of pizza. That if he ate that pizza, he would have got another one. And if he ate that one, he would have got another one. This is the same way we must operate. If we would allow God to move through our life instead of holding on to everything that we have, God owns a, the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns it all. He's got a stockpile that says, I'm just trying to get it to the earth to advance my kingdom, and I want to use you. But don't hoard what you have. Let let it flow through your life and if it flows through your life you better believe I'm going to take somebody who's a good steward and I'm going to pour through them and you're going to be a catalyst for kingdom change amen stand to your feet with me today here's what you need to realize today this is the this is the number one thing that if you haven't embraced this you need to embrace it Romans 8 says that if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but watch this, but gave him up for all of us. How will he not also, along with him, Jesus, graciously give us all things? Listen, our place of generosity, our place and relationship with the one who gave it all. Jesus. He gave it all to us without holding back, without relenting. So if you're watching today online or you're in the room and you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus, taking that step, I'm confessing with my mouth, I'm worshiping you with my actions and I'm coming to you, Jesus. 
If that's you in the room today, say, man, I want to follow Jesus for the first time. I want to step into that relationship. Or I want to rededicate my life. I'm coming back to him. Take, lift the hand. I want you to scan that. And we want to give you resources because this is the greatest decision you'll ever make. For everyone watching and everybody in the room, let me pray for you for us to have a mentality that says, I'm going to be a blessing God has given me for me to give out. Father, today, we thank you that you are good, that you have all things, you are of it all. We say you, we exalt you beyond all other gods, not the God of worry, not the God of doubt, not the, our finance, not our um, pocketbook, not our budget, but God, we worship you today. We worship you today. Come on, church. Worship you today.